Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so glad that you're here. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's guest, Laura Casey, is a mom to three, one through the gift of adoption, a grateful wife, and a believer in the impossible. You might know her as the CEO of Cultivate What Matters, and Laura is the creator of the best-selling Power Sheets Intentional Goal Planner, the Write the Word Bible Journals, and she's authored two books, Make It Happen and Cultivate. Laura actually founded Southern Weddings Magazine a decade ago, and she loves getting her hands dirty in the garden with her kiddos in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Speaking of Cultivate What Matters, as a special thank you to Real Talk with Rachel listeners, you can use code REALTALKRACHEL, that's all one word, for 10% off your order now through March 31st. Just be sure to use the link in the show notes to redeem that special offer. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into the awesome conversation that I had, who you're going to love, with Laura Casey. Well, hello, Laura. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for taking the time. I know you are a very busy woman, but I'm just blessed to get to chat with you here today, and I know everybody listening is going to be blessed too. I am so excited to chat. Thanks. Oh, okay, so I read your professional bio in the introduction of this podcast, but I always love to ask my guests, what is something that we may not have read on your professional bio? Fun fact about you. <laughs> that is a very good question. I think something that I don't have on there, maybe I do, I don't know, is I actually don't have a degree in anything that I do. I have a degree in music and theater. So that is a, a little known fact. Okay, I love that. Seriously, I think you just set a whole bunch of people free today <laughs> by, <laughs> by saying that because I think I think we can put ourselves in boxes every now and then and like, well, I don't, oh, for sure. you know, I'm not the expert in yep. that. Who am I to be doing this? And <laughs> I love that. That makes me so happy. Uh, okay, so you are, for people who may not know this about you, you're the founder of Cultivate What Matters. Can you share how that all began? Yes. So it is a a long story. And in a nutshell, God just took me on a crazy journey. (laughs) I think he does for all of us in many ways. I started as a personal trainer in New York City. So after I had left theater, I started doing personal training. And in that experience, I really learned so much about what motivates people. And I had done quite a bit of that in theater too, understanding what motivates a character and what their story is, what their objective is. And I transferred that into being a personal trainer. And so I learned a lot about goals and about the things that motivate people, the things that don't motivate people. And it just really sparked something in my soul. And so fast forward through many different twists and turns in my path, I started a wedding magazine. And I know that sounds like it's completely out of nowhere, but I I really fell in love with weddings in the same way that I had done theater, in the same way that I had done personal training, because what weddings are is they are using the gifts of sound and lighting and music many times and a menu to tell a couple's unique love story, to tell what matters to them. And so I started doing wedding planning and I was also personal training at the time, lots of different things. And again, big fast forward to starting Southern Weddings Magazine uh, a little over 10 years ago. Through that journey, lots of people asked me for business advice. They're like, you don't have a degree in this. How did you do this? I don't understand. Like, how did you take something from nothing? The answer, of course, is God. (laughs) Practically speaking, I started to give 
business advice, just helping women, especially to know how to take a dream and very little by little, bring it to reality and take some leaps of faith along the way. And that turned into the Making Things Happen conference that we've now been doing for 10 years and eventually led us to create the Power Sheets Intentional Goal Planner and open up the what's now called the Cultivate What Matters shop. So I'm giving you the story in a very small nutshell, and there are so many pieces in between. But the most important thing is that God really had a huge heart change happened in us about two years ago. I was running both businesses, Southern Weddings and Cultivate What Matters, and just felt this unending, undying a nudge from him to say, hey, I know this thing is really good that I've helped you build for all these years, Southern Weddings. It's good. And I'm just telling you right now that you have completed the work that I've given you to do. And that was very hard to hear that from the Lord and feel like it was time to close that chapter. But that's really what led us here to me now to answer your question. <laughs> to me now, um, solely focusing on Cultivate What Matters is we retired Southern Weddings last year, or maybe it was the year before. And so now we are fully focused on helping women to do just that. And that's to cultivate what matters most in their lives and to walk them through a process to be able to do that. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that because I learned some things about you I did not know. First one being, I didn't know you were a personal trainer. I actually taught group fitness for about 10 years. I'm still certified, but I completely agree with you. It, it helps you to actually understand people better, you know, and yeah. like how they tick yeah. and, and all of that. And, you know, now whenever I, you know, I still have friends who teach group fitness and sometimes they'll introduce themselves as, oh, I just teach group fitness. And I'm like, oh no, sister, you're a counselor. You're a, a coach. <laughs> You're, you know, like you're all these things because yeah. you're, I feel like when it comes to the body, especially when people let you into that space, all of a sudden they'll also open up their heart to you. Here's what I love about everything you just shared. And I literally got goosebumps even when you mentioned about how the Lord spoke to you and said, okay, your work here is complete. Because to me, that's so beautiful uh, illustration of how when we work with the Lord collaboratively, how well, he can help us build something, but also how he can help us exit with grace. And it doesn't, I feel like, and I, I'm speaking for myself and maybe for some other people too. Sometimes the Lord will nudge us about laying something down. And instead of maybe being obedient immediately, we stay too long in certain positions and then it's a bad ending. You know, like yeah, I think we've all experienced yeah. that. We're like, oh, yep. if I had just listened when the Lord told me it was time to to step down or to walk away from something. And so I just love how you've just been so obedient. And that's really some of the mm. secret sauce of your success, you know, it's just, okay, mm. the Lord said, do this, let's do this next, you know, and that's just, I just love that. So thank you for sharing that part of your journey because you actually took, you know, I had some questions for you about how you got to where you are. And I'm like, oh, you answered those. So we'll just skip all those questions. So thank you. Yeah. We'll just really have to go into those. Now you answered them. And so the first, so you were, you had the two businesses going, what, what was the first product then you created for Cultivate? First product was actually a, a handwriting print. It was just a gold foil. I have one here in my desk, a gold foil letterpress print. It's like four by six. And um, it was, uh, it's, it's just a crazy story. It's a handwriting piece that I wrote a note to myself. You know, you've ever been in your kitchen, you write a note to yourself and you like add a milk or you need to buy something or whatever. Well, late night one night in my kitchen, I wrote a note to myself because I was feeling frustrated about my life. I was feeling like, 
man, there's this one thing that I have been wanting to do and I have not done it. And I'm just tired. I am tired of not doing it. You know, you ever get that frustration? It's like a good frustration. And you kind of get angry at yourself and you got to use that frustration as fuel. And so I did. And I wrote down, you know, all those things you've always wanted to do, you should go do them. Mm-hmm. And that note was not about skydiving or, you know, going to Bora Bora or whatever it was. I was writing that note about wanting to read the Bible for the first time. Mm. And I was so frustrated that I hadn't done it before because, and there were so many excuses I'd given myself for not doing it. I don't know enough. I'm not a Bible scholar. My attention span can't handle it. I can barely read a paragraph in an email without getting distracted. Afraid I'm not going to understand things in here. It's such a big book. How am I going to be disciplined to finish it? I mean, all the fears came in. But little by little, over the course of a year and a half, I was wanting to do it in a year, but little by little over the course of a year and a half, I did end up reading the Bible for the first time. So that handwriting quote really sparked something in people. And we thought to ourselves, well, why not let people have these words that will hopefully spark action and really good things in their lives? We opened, I think, a shop on Big Cartel to start, or maybe it was Etsy, I don't remember. And we put out this handwriting print and it really took off. Yeah. You know, whenever you said that, I was like, I almost quoted it for you because that was, I remember I got that handwriting print in one of the first orders I made. And I was like, oh, it was like all the angels singing. And I I have that around and I love, love, love that quote. It's so powerful. Mm, That's me. I'm so glad. I didn't know that was the first thing though, that that where it started. So I love that. That's really cool. Okay. So then did the write the word journals come from that year of you trying to dig into the word? You know, it didn't. It came a few years later. It came probably three years later. Uh, And I may be getting that math wrong, but I remember also feeling a similar frustration of, you know, I'm in this season. I was in this season at the time of having a newborn and just adopting our daughter, Sarah. And or maybe it was right when Josh was about to be born. I can't remember. But regardless, I was in the season of very little margin. <laughs> and so I was feeling frustrated that I, I felt like I didn't have enough time to actually sit with the Bible. And it's true. There are so many seasons of our lives where we just feel like getting a shower would be awesome, you know? <laughs> and I, I remember praying and asking God for a way to just directly connect with him because I don't know. There are some times in my life where I'm like, I do not need a devotional. Like I don't have time to read anything but the pure word of God. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of heard from him and, and felt like, Oh, what if I just wrote out scripture? It's going to help me probably to keep my mind occupied on the words. It'll help me digest the words. What if I just wrote out Bible verses? Um, even if it was just a couple verses at a time, I wonder if that would help me to let them sink in. And that's where writing the word, that idea was born. I remember talking to our designer at the time and saying, so I have this crazy idea. I know this is going to sound so simple, but what if we made a journal that was all about writing out scripture? And here we are many years later, and just women across the world have adopted this practice Anyway, I could go on and on about it, but regardless of whether or not you get to write the word journal, just writing out scripture has been transformative for my faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like I said, that was the one of the first. In fact, I actually think somebody gifted it to me, my first one. And I was like, what's this? But it was what I love about it is exactly what you just mentioned. It's simple, but it took the guesswork for me out of getting into the word, you know, which I think is just yeah. one more hurdle yeah. sometimes for us because I love the Bible app and I still read it and listen to it. But I don't think that that 
can ever replace like just actually opening up a real life Bible, yeah, you know, with pages totally and things yep. you can highlight and, you know, and, and write it yep. out and everything. So I see the power of it. But for me, I always struggled with where do I start? What should I, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> and so I just like yeah. that, you know, with yours, I just open it up. I'm like, oh, what are we doing today? And here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is oftentimes I'll look at whatever the verse is. I'll look it up and read it. And then the Lord will be like, actually, I want you to write this one that's over on the same page, but maybe a few paragraphs down or, you know, something like mm, that. Cool. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll, you know, I'll be a rule I breaker, <laughs> you know, oh, and, so great. and I'll just write a different one, you know, so it, it, it's just fun. So I appreciate that. And then I, I personally actually keep them on hand to give them as gifts because they make awesome gifts. So that is so kind. Yeah. That is so kind. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I have loved that journal over the years is, so many women have come to me and said exactly what you just said. They say, hey, the Bible is really overwhelming. Where do I start? And I'm like, well, there's no pre- prescriptive way to tell you where to start. Start at the beginning, I guess. Um, but some people, they really just want to dig in. And so that's, and I'm not trying to sell journals, really. It, it really, you could just choose any portion of scripture that is really resonating with you at that moment. Write those words out. And it just brings another level to your understanding of the text it helps you to sit on them. And that's the thing, like it helps you to slow down when you write the word of God. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the next product that I knew about of yours, I'm sure it's not the next one that was created, was the power sheets. You want to tell us about the development of those? Yes. <laughs> yes. It, again, it always, all these things I think come out of frustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was a time when I had a young daughter. So Grace was a little bit older by this time. Uh, a marriage that was by God's grace being put back together after a really difficult season. And uh, I sat down at my desk one day and I thought to myself, man, I am so frustrated looking back at this year. There are so many things that I could have made progress on had I, first of all, remembered my goals because I forgot about them or um, even just made little by little progress. And I know these are concepts that we've probably heard quite a bit these days. But back then, this was like a paradigm shift for me in thinking. And no one was really talking about this idea of could little by little progress add up versus trying to seek overnight results. Everyone was talking about overnight results and pining for those things. And I think this is also back when our culture was so focused at the new year on weight loss. And I've read a few studies about this, that back in the day, the, the, like the biggest thing people would talk about is what's the new diet fad. And nowadays that is so not what's happening. Like people are really talking about self-development and wanting to be a better person and all those things. And it's a, a big shift in our culture. Anyway, so I sat down at my desk and I was frustrated looking back at the year. And I just thought to myself, I'm just going to make myself a list. I just pulled out a blank piece of paper and I made my list of all the things that are important to me. And it was everything from, and it was not in any particular order, everything from my marriage to my Facebook group, right? Like Mm -hmm. things that I hadn't touched on that I thought if I could just put a little bit of effort into these things, I might be able to grow something good for the Lord. And that's where the power sheets came out of because I wanted to uncover goals and understand what my priority was in life and where to use my time and to tend to these things that really matter over time. I wanted to do that and I needed some worksheets to help me because I couldn't figure it out. So I really made the power sheets for myself the first time I made them for myself. And then long story short, as we started to test them with a few of our branding clients, I was doing some consulting at the time and turns out people really love them. And now here we are almost 10 years later, wow, uh, which is 
crazy. I feel like that is mind blowing to even say that out loud. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that what you just hit on that so many times we create stuff out of our own pain points, you know, and I I have found that in interviewing guests that when they write books, or they, you know, whatever they launch, I'm like, where'd the idea for this come from? And they're like, uh, from my own thing I was walking through, you know, or or whatever. (laughs) But it's just so neat to see that, though, because the Lord can totally use all the things in our life and, and turn them around and use them for good and not only to set us free, but then to help other people. So that's really yeah. neat to hear that. Yeah. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about the power sheets and actually last year was my first year to have them. Um, so I think it's neat that you've been doing it for 10 years and you still are finding new, new people to jump in and be like, oh, wow. And then <laughs> I didn't know this existed, but so you, you hit on something earlier about that, you know, making goals, not only for, you know, maybe your business, but one thing I don't see taught very often is people, you know, how you, you create space in the power sheets to have intentional goals for my family and, mm-hmm. you know, my kids or friendships or my marriage and, I don't see that taught very often. And I think it's really, really important because I am one of those people that I, I'm not impressed with somebody's success until I see that their home life is also being well taken care of. I'm not saying, I'm not saying perfection. Nobody's perfect, you know, but um, they're stewarding both of those things. Well, you know, so I just appreciated that you created space for people to really figure out, okay, Mm. what areas and, and, you know, to, to dig into more areas than just business or, you know, something like that. So, or what, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So good. Okay. So the word and the focus of these power sheets is intentional, intentionality, right? Yes, yeah. you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So I actually kind of want to hone in on that word intentional a little bit and just ask you what you think it looks like to live an intentional life. That's such a great question. And, and you're right. That word tends to be like a buzzword for people, you know, and I think there are a lot of things that get attached to it in its connotation that I don't think are necessarily correct. For instance, I was just talking to a friend about this, that when you think about intentional living, like when that term comes up or you see that hashtag, for instance, it's usually on like beautiful Pinterest worthy pictures on Instagram of people's beautiful kitchens and living rooms. Whereas real intentional living, like Jesus was intentional. He had a mission. He knew what he was here to do and he did it at all costs, including his life. And that I think is the ultimate, obviously the ultimate example of being intentional is having to be real intentional living is having a direct connection to the source of intentionality, which is God mm. and living your life out that way. And I often see too, and this is just something that I'm kind of recently exploring in just my own thoughts about goal setting is goals are not going to change your life. They're mm. not, but knowing what matters will change your life. Goals are just how you get there. Mm. And that is what being intentional is all about. I think what we do as a culture is we look at the words intentional living or intentional and we think to ourselves that means setting goals or that means having a rhythm or a routine or a plan or a checklist we follow every day. And it's so the opposite of that. It is real intentionality means that you are choosing with purpose to do something because of a very specific why. And without knowing what that very specific why is, without knowing really what matters, any intentionality that you have, goal setting, action steps, whatever, is going to be completely fruitless. So yeah, lots of thoughts on that. So I love that question. (laughs) Yeah. You gave one of the best answers I've heard on that. I love that. You said Jesus was intentional. That's so true. So I have a course called The Intentional Influencer, which I wrestled with the name of that 
course, because I don't like the word influencer. However, I have a lot of women who come to me who want to either have a ministry or a business online. And they're like, teach me, teach me how to blog, teach me how to do social media, you know, teach me how to be online. And the word that God gave me for it was intentional. And the very first teaching in that course is called your, your why, basically that your why has to be greater than your what ifs. And I teach, I I teach them our entire foundation for the course is their why, you know, like, why are you even doing this? And that as to, and then everything else that I teach them off of that comes from a place of just like what you said, come back to the why. Why would you go be on that social media platform? Does it line up with, you know, what the marching Mm. orders God gave you? And so that is, I love that though, for every area of our life, that applies to every single area of our life. That if, if you know the why, if you know, if you're Mm. staying connected to God and, you know, like you said, just like Jesus did, he knew why he was on the earth. He knew I'm here to die for the sins of, you know, the human race. Like he knew that was his why. And so then every Every decision he made came from that why, you know, and if it didn't line up with his why, he's like, nope, sorry, you know, (laughs) and he's willing, willing to hurt feelings in the process, you know, just because he knew that doesn't line up with why I'm here. So no, you know, so I love it. I love how you've explained that too. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Again, on the same word of intentional, how do you feel like, especially amongst women, I feel like I see a lot of this comparison and envy keeps us from staying on track and on focus with that. It completely kills it all. (laughs) I mean, flat out, like comparison to me is the biggest killer of owning our gifts and seeing the Lord work. Uh, Just like it's one of those things that probably gives me the most frustration, especially when I find myself falling into that trap. Mm -hmm. And I I did it even this week. I had this moment where I was feeling like comparison or envy. And I don't remember what it was about, but I stopped myself and I thought, no, 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 this is called blinders. This is blinding you from the Lord's path. I think that's really where the whole system of our current culture, I know it's a big thing to say, but even if we just look at Instagram, like the whole system of Instagram as just an example, it is a system that is set up for comparison. Mm. Like the whole purpose is you get on there, you look at things and you like things and you comment on things. Mm -hmm. There's no other function, you know? Yeah. Or you follow people or not follow people. So it's like a rigged system to begin with. Mm. The like anecdote to this is a radical about face Mm. in how we consume these things. And I mean, these people in these platforms, they're smart, y'all, you know, like people that make Facebook and Instagram, they know exactly what's going to trigger you to click on things and spend more time in the app. And I think it's just a knowledge of that, like a knowledge that this is a platform and a system and I'm just picking on Instagram, but (laughs) that makes us compare our lives to other people. When you have that in view, and you really want to set goals for your life that are rooted in the Lord, it's going to make you step back. Mm-hmm. It makes you, you were just telling me you took a social media break. And I was like, that is so awesome. Sometimes it means we have to take a, a break from things. And it's not to say that social media is bad. It's not at all. It's an, an awesome platform to use for good, but it can tend to be a distraction. So long answer to that. But I think that the answer is yes comparison kills everything. 
And I also think that we need to be more aware of how much it seeps into our souls. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Okay. I have a couple things. The first thing, at the time that this airs, I have aired an episode called Real Talk About My Instagram Addiction. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it because it is actually it. me talking about my own Instagram addiction. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in grad school to be a therapist. And so I actually talked about a CBT. It's called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy that you can put in place when you yeah. realize you have an addiction. And it was, it was that was a vulnerable episode to record. But I felt like exactly like what you just said, it just needed to be talked about. Um, I'm not saying I have all the answers or that I'm perfect in that area for sure. Not perfect, but I'm just at least aware of how much I just had a real heart to heart with the Lord. I mean, he kind of just dug up some nasty weeds in my heart, how much Mm. I was letting Instagram seep in and control a lot of my actions and my energy and my, all the things. And just like you said, I love that you said that Instagram literally set up and and like you said, we're picking on Instagram. You could apply this across the board to a lot of these platforms, but it is literally trains us to be addicted. So, um, (laughs) so I think we just have to be aware of that. And and so then Mm -hmm. the next thing I wanted to say is that I felt like, you you know, we all know, I think even if you're not a Christian, we all know comparison is no good. Like, I, I don't think there's anybody alive. <laughs> I don't think anybody alive is like, oh, it's so good to compare. You should just, you know, yep. to, you should totally compare yourself to so-and-so. That's, it's just across the board. Human nature knows that's not helpful at all. Why would you do that? Yeah. So then how do we put practical steps in place to make us not do it. You know, like we know it's not good. We're all in agreement on that. So then why do we do it so much and how do we not do it? (laughs) Yep. That's a great question. And I think that the first answer that comes to mind is just math. Like how much time are you spending with the Lord versus how much time are you spending scrolling Instagram? And I know nobody likes to hear that. They're like, no, don't tell me that. Of course, I know the answer is to spend more time in my Bible, yada, yada. But that's real. Like when you really think about where your thoughts are, And I'm going to paraphrase the verse, but just talking about how our eyes are the windows to our souls, basically, and that anything that we take into our hearts comes right out of our mouths. When we just think about the amount of time, just do the math, you know, how many hours are you spending in places where you have opportunities to compare your lives to others, your life to others? And then how much time are you letting God speak into your life? And that could be in a variety of ways. It doesn't mean sitting down with coffee in a fluffy blanket and your Bible all the time. It, it could mean spending time in community with your local church. It could mean spending time in meaningful conversation with someone else about faith. It could mean total solitude, like taking a hike and not being near those platforms, but just like being in God's creation. There's so many ways that this plays out in our lives. And I think that if we just look at the math, that is the the number one thing. (laughs) I don't want to say I can speak for God on this. I can't. (laughs) But I would like to think that God would agree with that. (laughs) You know, like I would like to think that he probably wants us to spend more time with him. Yeah. And, you know, there's this great book called Practice of the Presence of God. And I've been very slowly going through it. It's a tiny little book. It's by a man named Brother Lawrence. It's like an ancient book. And anyway, the whole book is these really short letters that this gentleman had written to various people in his life about him doing ordinary life 
and being in God's presence. Mm. And it just gives me chills to even talk about it. He talks about how even working in a kitchen and doing the dishes, just going about his normal daily tasks, those are the times that he felt the closest to the Lord. So again, I, I don't hear me and say that it means you have to have your quiet time for two hours a day versus the 30 minutes you spend on Instagram. It's not that. It's do your life. Do all of your life. Even scroll Instagram, but be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. I think we have that lens on, that helmet on, then we're going to be good. That's so good. I love that you said even just incorporating it into our life, because like you mentioned with Instagram, I can tell when I'm in a healthy place and when I'm not, if I can enter in with the mindset of who can I bless when I get on here? Not what mm-hmm. can I receive? You know, what can I get out of this? Yeah. And, and so that's really bringing that's him good. into it, you know? <laughs> so I love that. So good. Okay. So I have a few more questions for you that are just a little bit on the practical side, and then we'll hop off cool. here. In Power Sheets, you actually have a acronym that defines goals. Can you share that? Yes. I hope I get it right. It's grow what matters. So you're looking at the the letters in goals, G-O-A-L-S. Grow what matters one step at a time. It was a little far-fetched on that one, right? (laughs) So that was the A. Uh, Grow what matters one step at a time and little by little, your steps will add up. Grow what matters one step at a time. Yeah. And little by little, your steps will add up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, it's a different way of thinking about things than the way I thought about them before I had this whole like simple epiphany about goal setting could actually be different than what I had been taught when I was growing up. Like when I was growing up, I was taught you push to the limits to get the career that you want. You stay there for the rest of your life and you work your hardest. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's true. Push to the limits. Like, you know, go after the things that the Lord has called you to do, but know that it's going to take little by little steps forward. And there's going to be a whole lot of imperfection along the way. Um, all progress is imperfect progress. So that's what is inherent in that acronym. All progress is imperfect progress. That's that's so yes. good. I wanted them to hear that again. That's so good. I really love your approach about the goals too, because you mentioned earlier in the show about, you know, a lot of people think there's such thing as overnight success. And my husband and I kind of joke about this sometimes because we're business owners and we've owned a business for 10 years. And it's interesting, the times that we have grown exponentially, we've had people look at us and go, oh, overnight thing. And we're like, oh no, this was 10 years in the making actually, you know, Mm, but people just don't always see the little by little behind the scenes, you know, people they're like, they just see whenever what they think is overnight success. And I'm like, I don't really know that I believe in overnight success necessarily. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. So I think that's a myth that we've bought into a little bit. So, (laughs) okay. And then also another thing in the power sheets, and I kind of wanted to just hear your thoughts on this. You recommend setting no more than eight goals for the year. Why is that? Because we bite off more than we can chew. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I just think universally, especially as women, for some odd reason, we like to fill our plates and we like to overcommit. I don't think I know anybody and maybe there is someone out there, you're out there somewhere who is a hardcore undercommitter. Um, I'd really like to meet you and learn from you. But um, the reason I say that is because our brains, they really can't multitask. You can really only single task. So eight is, is actually kind of an arbitrary number, but 
I just say like, make it more simple and you're going to have so much more time to focus on those things. And that's not to say that if God tells you to have 50 goals, go do that. But in general, I think that we bite off more than we can chew. Yeah, that's so good. And then also another thing that you talk about that I really appreciate is that you talked about how some questions we can ask ourselves to see if the goal is right for that season. Because I definitely know, I personally have goals that I know, "Mm, I do want to do that, but 2020 is not the year, you know? And so Mm -hmm. what are some, what are some of those questions we can ask ourselves? Yeah. So one of the biggest things is, do you have the budget for it? Mm -hmm. And that means, do you have the time, the resources right now? And for example, I really wanted to redo our, our actual finance budget this year in 2019. And And that seems like something that you should do at the beginning of a calendar year. But I knew I was not going to have the time for it in January or February. I was just going to be too busy. There's no way that Ari and I and my husband could have time to do it. So instead, knowing that, I scheduled to start that as part of one of my goals this year in March. Mm. And just that was so freeing. It's so freeing to not feel like you have to start all your goals on January 1st because that just is a recipe for disaster and burnout. Oh, that's good. So yeah. I love that. Okay. And then any tips that you might have for someone who has those big goals, but they don't know how to break them down. And by a big goal, I mean, maybe somebody who in their mind running a marathon is a huge deal or, you know, whatever it is. I know some goals feel manageable and others don't. What would you say to that? Well, it's interesting. So any goal that we have, first of all, make sure you have good goals to start with, you know, make sure that, and you can go to my blog. It's a free series, 2020goalsetting.com and start that process of really uncovering what matters first before you even set a goal, like make sure the goal is rooted in something good because then you're going to have the motivation for it. Cause it's all, it's one thing to set a goal. It's another thing to actually do something about it, like you said. And then when you get to that point of you, okay, you've got a goal and your goal is to say run a marathon, like you mentioned. Every goal is made up of a bunch of mini goals. So to me, the best thing is to start with the end in mind. Think about, okay, that marathon is on November 27th this year. What is it going to take for me to get to that point? What mini goals do I have to reach along the way? And when you take out your calendar and you start to plot that out, the reality of what that goal is going to take and what it's going to cost you starts to come to surface. So marathon, I think it's like 22 miles, 26 miles, I 26. Think. I okay, 26 miles. So let's, let's just do a little math. Like if you were to divide up, say you've got and this is completely unrealistic for most human beings, including myself, but we're going to train for a marathon and do a full marathon in 11 months, right? So let's say we're starting January 1st. If we divide that, that's probably going to be like adding up to needing to pace up to let's see here, you're gonna need to pace up to like, 12 miles by the summer, 12 miles in a row, you know, and so you kind of get the idea that that your goal has to be broken down into many goals along the way. And you might plot that out and say to yourself, I am not going to have time for this or, or, okay, now that I see this, I know I'm going to need to have more time to devote to those longer runs come summer and fall. And so my advice is have a great goal to begin with. Number two, break it down into mini goals, plot it out and make sure that you have the time allotted to it and the the heart and the emotional budget for it. And then my number three is probably the most important step. And that is take the step now. 
Mm. a tiny little step. Don't wait for some magical day when you feel like you've got your perfect plan in place. If you want to run a marathon, even before you know if you're going to be able to do it or before you sign up for that race, just go outside your house right now Mm -hmm. and run around your block. (laughs) Yeah. Because really the hardest part of getting started is getting started. And once we tip over that first domino of momentum, it is so much easier to get the other ones going. So I see a lot of women get stuck there. Just go and, and do it. That's so good. That's so practical. I love that. In the power sheets, when they come, it comes a little card that says a space for the word of the year. What's your word of the year for 2020? My word of the year is delight. I just love in reading Psalms in the Bible this year, how the how David delighted in the Lord and delighted in the law of the Lord and how God says that when we delight in him, he will give us the desires of our hearts. So, so many verses, but that is my word of the year. I love it. Yay. And I love that that comes in the the package because I do that anyways without it. So when I saw the car, I I was like, oh, it's so cute. So cute. And you have a podcast yourself, correct? I do. Cultivate your life. That's right. You want to tell us about that for the people listening who'd like to check it out? Sure. You can listen in on iTunes or wherever, but each week, almost each week, sometimes I skip some weeks, but Mm. I'm over there talking about how to cultivate what matters in your life at um, cultivateyourlife.com. Okay. And then anywhere else that they, where's the best place people can connect to you online? Yeah, the best place is definitely Cultivate What Matters. We've got all these domains with Cultivate in them. So you can't go wrong. Just go to CultivateWhatMatters.com. That has everything. The podcasts, power sheets, write the word journals, and all of our social links as well. Perfect. Yeah. And all, all that will be in the show notes as well. I just like you to say it out loud so they can hear that. All right. And anything else that before we go that you want to share that's on your heart? Or are you good? I'm just really <laughs> grateful for the work that you're doing. I'm so grateful for how you're encouraging women and just really grateful to have this conversation with you. Thank you. I love you guys and your company as well. So this is a fun, fun time together. I loved our chat. (laughs) I did too. This was a a total joy. It was a treat. Awesome. All right. Have a good day. (laughs) Wasn't that conversation with Laura so good? She's full of much wisdom. So be sure to follow her over on Instagram at Laura Casey. And we're giving away two sets. You heard me, two sets of power sheets. So head over to my Instagram account at Rachel J. Gilbert to enter to win one of those. And don't forget to take advantage of that special 10% offer to cultivate what matters. The link is in today's show notes. Also, as a reminder to stay in the loop on show giveaways and other special offers, you can text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway, that's all one phrase, to the number 44222 on your cell phone. Don't worry, you're not signing up for text or anything like that. You'll just be getting emails on any special goodies that we have happening here at the show. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.